Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Your Equity podcast, where investors with a special emphasis on couples begin, continue, and deepen their journey to financial freedom together using the powerful vehicle of real estate investing to do it. Today, we've got a true power couple on the show. It's Jason and Peely Yarusi. And Jason is an active real estate syndicator and investor. And in 2016, he founded Yarusi Holdings a multifamily investment firm currently with over 850 units, totaling over 75 million in real estate. And Jason, that might actually be out of date, but we can get in that a little bit later on. The firm repositions properties through operational efficiencies, moderate uh, to extensive renovations, and complete rebranding. Jason also hosts the Jason and Peely podcast, a YouTube channel, and Multifamily Live. His monthly multifamily meetup is amassed over 2,500 members, and in 2020, he ran over 2,500 miles, including over 500 miles in the month of April alone, which included 18 marathons. <laughs> His wife, Peely and Jason, co-authored the book, Fit Rich Life, providing tactical advice one can do in 50 minutes a day to change the course of your life for the positive. And then, of course, Peely is a loving mom and wife whose goal is to lead with aloha by example. Peely is the co-founder and operator of Eurisi Holdings LLC with her husband, Jason, and she runs the investor and client relations branches of both Eurisi Holdings and Multifamily Live. Jason, Keely, great to have you guys on. How are you today? Oh, we're great. Thank you for having us. Amazing. Thank you. All right. Awesome. So usually when we start off these podcasts, we like to start at the beginning, which is how you guys got interested in real estate. Where did that spark come up? You want to drive in? I will jump in. So <laughs> uh, we were bartenders in New York City. We met a long uh -huh. time ago, back in 2003, got together about 2012. And it was a whirlwind year romance. And we decided to get and have a baby. So had the I got pregnant and we decided that we didn't want to stay in New York. And previous to this, Hurricane Sandy had happened. And Jason's family actually owns, operates, runs a house lifting company. Jason, why don't you explain that? Yeah, sure. So, of course, Hurricane Sandy came in, um, crushed eastern, eastern seaborne. You know, hundreds of thousands of homeowners um, were displaced. And what happened is for a lot of these homeowners to get back in the home, they had to do something to, of course, hopefully um, prevent future flooding, right? So um, raise the house or do other parts of that. My dad, 45 years about now, started this business where he, um, we come from four generations of construction, and he decided that he was going to venture off and do something called house raising and building moving. Um, pretty crazy, but uh, he actually takes homes and lifts them or moves them for a lot of various reasons, one being flooding, right? So if a house gets flooded routinely, whether it by, be by a river or by an ocean, you know, lots of times people want to put their house higher because when it was built in, you know, in decades ago, you know, it was fine at that time. Hurricane Sandy happened. He went from doing about 12 projects a year to the phone nonstop. So my brother, who was working um, for us in the city, ourselves, we, we moved back out to New Jersey to help dad really just take the business to the next level. So it went quickly from about 12 jobs a year to, you know, over 300 at the max at the pinnacle here. Um, we, we, at the time, you know, we, we were involved in a lot of different capacities. So we opened um, some restaurants in New York City, opened the solar brewery in New York City. We had done a lot on that side of it. And it was just that next evolution. So dad needed help. So we wanted to really be involved. But we knew, I mean, just growing up that this wasn't my direction, which wasn't my fulfillment. So when we got out there, 
it was awesome to help dad, but we just knew this wasn't going to be our end, right? So we were looking for what what else is there? Because things that get set up, right, when you're working in anything of a service industry, whether it be a bar or construction, is that you have to do to get, right? You have to, if you don't work today, well, you don't get paid today. It's just a very simple thing. And noting we were just, uh, of course, about to, he was going to have a baby, right? And here we are going from, if we had 25 hours in a day, eight days in a week, we could have used them. That's how busy the construction business, we had to ask ourselves, well, what else is there, right? And we had talked about real estate just a number of times. It just had come up in a conversation, but we didn't, we didn't know what we didn't know. So at that time, we started doing things that we thought were going to be the direction to, to get us further from the direction of being so active having to do to get, right? So the logical thing was Pili would get her real estate license. So I got my real estate license and we we actually discussed it as a family. We discussed it as a family, flipping wholesale. Well, we didn't know about wholesaling at that point. Flipping homes was the next evolution of our business. So I got my real estate license. We jumped in head first uh, and we didn't know what we didn't know. We had construction background. We had management background, but we didn't have the the systems and operations. So we took down our first deal that took us around a year to complete. Well, part of it was we decided to do the most complicated project on, on point, which we were <laughs> qualified to do. But the, when you look at your time to get a project done, you have to play into all the things that are not in your control, right? So so when multifamily today, we look at non-controllable expenses, taxes, insurance, utilities, things that are just going to happen, whether you are, you know, like it or not, right? Well, in uh, of course, anything from a construction standpoint, you have to look at permitting, right? You have to look at utilities, right? So all these things that you can be completely on point with your time, but it's going to be someone else's time that can continually dictate your project, right? And so when this happened with all the flooding in New Jersey, just imagine a building apartment that may see you know 50 permits a year now seeing 500, right? Or a thousand. Well, it's, they don't have the manpower to keep up. Same thing with utility companies going where maybe they're servicing a couple homes, you know, every, every week here they are. Thousands of homes need service, you know, for shutting off the utilities to have this work. So everything, this floodgate opened up, all this work that needed to happen. And there was no ramp up period. It was, it was from zero to none. So that of course impacted our projects. Um, lo and behold, it got done and made a profit, but ultimately the, the timeline just in that effect we, we knew that, again, we had to be able to control our future and not be reliant on things like this, right? Because if you can take back more control, whether it be in your personal or your professional, that gives you the future you want. And doing these projects, we did realize that here we are, we're so busy helping dad, right? Where we already don't have any time. And now we've just added on active flipping, active, you know, being, being a real estate agent, got into wholesaling, active wholesaling, active Airbnb. So boom, boom, boom. We've gone from now stacking busy on top of busy on top busy. of busy. And now Peely's pregnant with our second child. So we're like, okay, this, this all sounds right. Let's get a second dog to throw that in the mix. Right. But you just figure, okay, cool. What so else just, is there? So we just kept on stacking things and stacking things and stacking things. And then at some point I actually went to a real meeting and we had actually started getting into mentorship programs and started to really learn how to systematize our flipping and wholesaling business. And that was actually starting to go really, really well. It was still trading time for money though. So I go to a real meeting and a gentleman stops me. He starts talking to me about um, turnkey real estate. And I was like, nah, my husband and I like to do it all ourselves. We don't need that. He was like, no, 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 
here, here you go. Here's, here's some of the buildings I look at. Here's some of the numbers. Uh, you know, you and your husband discuss it. We look at it and we're just like, you know what? This looks great, but what about a couple of duplexes? So I went back to him. I was like, do you have any like duplexes or multi-downs or triplexes? Sends us back a couple of duplexes. And we're like, great. So we jump on with him with two duplexes. But the thing is, we manage the entire thing. We're like in it. We learn every single thing that we're that he's doing. We're we're basically learning the beginnings of asset management when it comes to multifamily. Yeah, we we weren't we didn't actually buy it turnkeyed, right? Yeah. We said, okay, cool. We're gonna buy it at state right here. We'll we'll pay you the premium here, and we're gonna put together the team, use the team approach, and that helped us because. We'd come from these backgrounds, you know, and managing bars of a couple hundred people, like really the operation. So that part made sense to us when we went on to New Jersey to work in construction. It was more us having to do all the pieces, right? So when we got back where the properties we were buying are now a thousand miles away. So that takes out the Peely and Jason mm-hmm. effect of going to the property and doing, right? That wasn't going to be possible. So we need to have the team in place. And the light bulb went off when you start getting money in the mail, right? When you start getting rent checks in the mail, because you put together a process and it's being done by other people, but you've now navigated the process with other people. So I want to revise that. His light bulb went off. My light bulb was still pregnant. And I was still thinking about, okay, here and now we have a few businesses. We're starting to systematize. And he comes to me, he was like, Peely, if we can do four units, couldn't we do like 40 or 400, you know, scale? And he started to talk to me about like, about all these terms and multifamily. I had no idea what he was talking about. And I said, absolutely not. Well, it just made sense when you look at, if you're trying to build to a certain point to do two at a time, well, okay, yeah, I guess you you can, but it becomes chaotic, right? And, And it's just like any business, right? If you have um, you know, 10, two seat, or, or we'll say 10 restaurants in a city and they're all 10 seat restaurants or just 10 seat bars. That's going to be uh, more chaotic. You're going to have more expenses. You're going to have more runaround. You have more things to handle than if you just had 100 seat restaurant, right? Although it seems scary, you actually get the economy to scale back. You can bring it all in house. And so from a business perspective, I was like, okay, these duplexes are kind of like buying a house, right? That just as simple as that. But when you buy these larger properties, you look at them as businesses, right? So if I'm buying a multifamily property or I'm buying a golf course or I'm buying a car wash, well, it's a business I'm buying and I'm looking on how can I improve the business? And so when we realized that and we got to that narrative, we sold the smaller properties and went all in with larger multifamily. And so so that was 2016. Yes, 2016. I overcame my fear with education, with jumping in with a mentor, like at the very, very beginning, we jumped in and we were able to scale that business within eight months, all the while starting to take back and uh, take down our flipping and wholesaling business. Yeah. And so that led to our first deal. Middle of May of uh, 2017 was a 94 unit. So we basically sold off those two, three, four units and just jumped into the 94 unit. And that was the first of now we've actually um, acquisition standpoint, probably about 1100 units, uh, give or take. We've sold a lot over the points, but the, that, yeah, that would be our updated number today. Excellent. Well, thanks guys. This is a lot to take in. Um, and so it's amazing. I would say I know. power couple is an understatement. Yeah, for sure. So let me ask a question. So let's go back to some of the early days, right? Because, you know, some of our listeners may be at that spot or maybe they can relate with this, but let's talk about your guys's conversations at home when you started stacking all this stuff up, 
you're putting these pieces together, right? In your head, you're like, okay, we have this rehab or renovation business, this moving, this property moving business, <laughs> quite literally, right? And then um, you guys got interested in the real estate world by getting, and you got, Peely, you got your real estate license, right? And you started to put all these things together. Can you guys give us a little bit of insight as to what type of conversations were happening behind the scenes with this? Like, was it, oh man, I don't, you know, this seems like a lot, or I'm excited about this, or maybe somewhere in between. Cause I know that like, you know, children were involved. A lot of things were going on at that time. So can you give us a little bit of insight and there? And then also to add on to that, like, how are you guys balancing all of this? Like what was going on day to day? If you can share. So those are really, really, really good questions. I think the first part of it is that you have to get back to just control your day first, right? So if I, if I just worry about, you know, the focus being not being prepared for my day, not being in best spirits, not being mentally, physically prepared for the day, then I'm going to show up and be, be a downside reaction to the day, right? So it took a lot of time with Peely and I both working on ourselves mm -hmm. to improve how we showed up each day. Um, typically, we found that it, it, what we didn't like is we were so busy that it was actually having less conversation. We almost were just, you know, going, 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 right? We got kids, we got this part. So it was almost less, less conversations. And sometimes that's good and bad, right? Because it didn't give us time to just try and weigh out, right? The what ifs. Because if you think about it in terms of what happens in most things is that you think about the what ifs that happen in life, right? And everybody's going to tell you, um, but what if you do this? Because the what if can be this, you know, the what if can be that, you know, the building might, might, might burn down, everyone might move out, no one might pay rent, right? But what they usually don't do, right? Because and here's where the conversation fails. And because 90% of people will stop right there. Oh, yeah, this must, this is really risky, right? But the other side of it is they don't look at what's the what if on the good side, mm -hmm. right? Because most people can point to the news or other things that are going to show you the worst case scenario. But what they're not going to think about is that, well, right. I could go out there and make this a better community to live. I could um, help a number of investors meet their goals in their future. I could create this great building. I could get ourselves financial free. We could set up our future, right? Because all if you can give weight to the 1% of the bad, you can give weight to the 1% of the good. But most will stop and say that, yep, these are the bad, right? So sometimes when you don't get into these weeded conversations, it's for your better. Because what you do know, and, and if you will give it credit, is that you don't know all the answers. And if you think you're going to find all the answers, you think you're going to put together all the answers and have that, well, you're not. Because day one's going to happen, and then you're going to say, well, shh, I, I know nothing. But that's the best case, right? Imagine you're trying to do anything. Well, what's, what's the best thing to do? Take one step, right? Well, I'm trying to make a decision. Okay, well, have you have you tried either? No, we'll try one. You might not even know, you might just not like it. We had someone come to our meetup for like two years, like learning everything about flipping, right? And I'm like, okay, just go try something. Go find a partnership. Finally did his own flip and like week into it, he's like, man, I hate working with contractors. I'm never doing this again, right? Oh my two gosh. years of learning, minus Wait. just like could have done anything, team up with something. Think of all the ways you could have gotten a point, right? So that learning it never ends, but you have to take an actionable step to get yourself going. See, Jason right. and I always ask ourselves, because, you know, we, I am very, very risk adverse between the two of us. I'm really risk adverse. And my head goes there, the what if, what if, what if. I'm sure Jason's head goes there too. But the thing is, we ask ourselves all the time, what if we succeed? What if yeah. we succeed? And the thing is, back to where we used to, where we were bartending, where we were friends, we were actually both managers at one point and we would be pitted up against each other, but we would have to communicate behind the bar. It's very like close proximity. You're like, 
you're doing all the things, all the glasses flying all over the place. It's all alcohol and chaos, but it's controlled chaos because you're managing it. And we had to communicate and learn how to communicate back then. So that transferred into our marriage and into our partnership. And the thing is, we know whenever there is difficulties, it's usually because, not even usually, I'd say it's 99.9.825% chance that's a miscommunication between both of us, that we're not communicating. So we make sure that we communicate. And then we also make sure that we have our seats on the bus. And as, hus as a husband and wife, we, we jump into each other's seats all the time. But I know, and you asked a little bit about balance. I don't fully believe in that anymore. I believe that it's like organized chaos. But where we do find balance within ourselves is that there are some decisions that Jason is just going to make and he's not going to ask me about. He will tell me about it later. And same thing with me. I will make certain decisions and I'll be like, Jason, we're going to do this on X, Y, Z. And just to let him know, because I'm communicating with him, but that relieves some of the pressure of us having to always get together and knock our heads together to make decisions on the small things, if that makes sense. The best thing I've, I've, I've heard is this phrase, the seasons, right? So we always want this, this balance, but you're never at, at any point, like imagine that someone's like, here's 20 plates, just balance them, right? Something has to fall. And sometimes things need to fall, right? We don't, we don't need yeah. to balance everything, but there's certain points where you can say, okay, today I'm going to, you know, do this. I'm going to do this and do this. And then all of a sudden your kid wakes up with like 102 fever, right? Well, okay. The kid, kids, that's it's attention time for the kiddos, right? Because that that's the season of the nature. Sometimes it's your health that needs a season. Sometimes the business needs a season. We're closing a property or doing parts. There's that season where it might be two weeks all in on that, right? So there, there's the balance of having an understanding of what's important to you, but noting that you're not going to have this perfect time allocated, right? You can set your benchmarks, but there's going to be certain points where, where the season is going to need um, a different focus in different areas and a stronger part compared to an even balance across them. Yeah. You know, I have to comment here on this um, because, you know, it's, I can hear that you guys are working with each other. And one thing that I hear is trust. The other thing that I heard in there was, um, you know, taking action to figure out like learning by doing right. And I, 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 I tell the story in my book, but I just wanted to re-highlight it here for you guys and see if it also is accurate. But um, when I first started to buy my first property in California as a rental on purpose, okay, um, it took me about two years to buy it because I was analyzing things. That's just who I am. I'm an engineer, right? So I love to analyze things. I love to look at things and, and maximize profit and optimize and do the spreadsheet stuff, all that nerdy stuff, right? I love it. Um, I kind of went too far down that path, down analysis paralysis, because I was trying to like how to try to find a way to get my profit from 25K to like 28K. And here's the issue, right? When I talked with a mentor, he made me realize that if I can shift my perspective from trying to make a million bucks from the first deal to just trying to learn something, because you don't know what you don't know. You have to take that action, right? You just don't know it. Once you do that, then, you know, you can move on to the next one and continue to move that forward. So as soon as I shifted my mindset from trying to make a million dollars to learning something, it actually went forward. I actually did something. And so I think that's, that, that, that speaks a little bit to what you're talking about with the, with the, um, 
you know, with what you guys are doing with all of these roads out in the middle, you were just taking action in a big way, but also kind of like testing things out in each direction to see what stuck, what stuck and what made sense. And then I also love how you guys said your, your sense of balance is a trust in each other. There's communication, but also trust that you guys can do what you are good at doing. And then you take the results back to discuss. And if things need to get adjusted, then that happens over the long term. So I think that's really beautiful. And I think that's a great way to work together with your spouse. Mm -hmm. My follow-up question for you on everything that you guys have said is what advice do you guys have for people that are aspiring to be like that? Because, you know, not everyone has this fantastic relationship where they can do that. And so do you have any advice for people who maybe want to try to build something up like that for, and you keep in mind that you may be speaking to one of the spouse, not both of them in this <laughs> podcast. Well, I actually think this question gets asked a lot. Yeah. And typically the answer is that, have you even asked your spouse what they think of this? Yeah. Incredible. And like someone, I, I've had this conversation, but I'm doing all these things and, and we're, we're setting up our future <laughs> and we're doing all the things that are, that are really just, and I'm working to make this happen to, to build up our financial freedom. And she, or he's just not happy about it. Just doesn't seem excited about it. Well, have you asked them if that's exactly what they want too, right? Cause maybe they, they both want a great future ahead of them, but maybe instead of you working 22 hours a day and sleeping two hours a night and not seeing anybody, not even being at dinner, maybe they want you around more and they're, they're willing to not have the extra zero, whatever that means to you, just so you can have the, the time together. Right. And we, we see that a lot. Well, actually, no, I haven't. Well, how do you know that they're seeing it the same way as you, right? It's, it's just, everybody's got two different visions of, of the same view. Jason, that usually is summed a big up question. our story <laughs> when we first got started. <laughs> and um, it, yeah, it, absolutely. And I, I think you guys just hit it right on the nail. And I, I wanted to highlight too, Peely, and you both, you both had touched upon this. Like there was a lot of reframing going on in the beginning as well. It's like, you know, um, like Jason, you came out and you kind of uh, painted the vision and there were a lot of the what ifs. And then Peely, you met, you said something that really, uh, you know, stuck out to me of like, well, what if we are successful now, as of course, like since then you guys have grown and scaled and evolved and, um, attained massive success, what kind of personality or mindset shifts had to happen for you to scale to this level? I have two things, but unless you want to go first, no, go ahead. So we, we say this thing to, to each other is that what's the worst, you know, people grew up in Hawaii, your family's still there. So what's, what's the, what's the worst that happens? We move to Hawaii and move out, move out with your family. I was thinking right? yeah. so, yes. I don't even know if we even said that before, but and then the other part is just, just <laughs> do hard things. Right. Yeah. So, you know, running 500 miles in a month was not easy, you know, or, but you don't have to do that. I mean, like simply I say, like if most of us are just too comfortable and then we're upset that we're like, you know, we're upset and we don't realize for all we have. Right. So I take a cold shower, go sleep on a hard floor for three nights and then get back in your bed. Um, get up at 4 a.m. when you usually get up at seven. Right. Do hard things because it, we've gotten accustomed to our life being easy and it's easier to, to do easy stuff. Right. It's easier not to work past five o'clock and just clock out and then go, you know, to happy hour and then go sit and watch Netflix than it is to, okay, five at five o'clock stopped. Now, now my job starts of figuring out the future. Right. So do harder things than you're doing so you can toughen your skin because typically we think so, like a lot of things happen in our life through as we grow up that we think is the end of us. 
right? It could be like, you know, when you're like a young kid, like, oh, someone doesn't like me or, you know, like, uh, I don't even, like, I got a bad grade and you just think the world's over, right? And you can't even remember it today because you've just gotten uh, now positioned to different things that are hard, right? It's like riding a bike, right? Like if, if kids stopped because riding a bike was hard, you'd have nobody riding a bike or driving a car in this world. Right. And so now if you just do harder things, get yourself out of your comfort zone continually, then things that seemed hard today, when you look back in five years from now, you'd be like, oh, I don't even remember what was stressing me out then because it wasn't a big deal. And if you can do that continually, doing things that are, that are potentially just outside your comfort zone. Okay. You can't run, but you can walk. Okay. You usually walk a half mile. Well, walk another eighth of a mile today. Oh, it's cold outside. Okay, great. Go outside right away. Put on a jacket. Put on a jacket. You know, like things that that we we get so used to is is what we do. But it's the times when you just say, okay, I need to change. But it doesn't have to be this radical transaction of, of you know, like the New Year's resolution where 80, 90, I think it's uh, 88% of people fail New Year's resolutions. Why? Because it's so outside of them, yeah. right? Well, I'm going to lose 57 pounds. Okay. Do you, well, how about you just get up and walk? You haven't done that in seven years. How about you just start a walk around the block and see if you can do that for a week? Right. Because we set these things that are just parts because we don't really believe it, but it just sounds good on paper. Right. It just sounds good to do. So if you can do that and just do these things and not expect. Right. So Tony Robbins says that, you know, we, we all overestimate what we do in a year, but underestimate what we do in five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That's like most. If I was to run long distances and, and think about the long distance I've never run before, it would probably scare me back. But I just think about, OK, let me just get to this next stop here and just see where I'm at. Right. If you can just do that continually you'll get a lot closer to your goals because instead of just scaring yourself from the ledge, right? Because you, you, you feel fear failure, but lots of us fear success as well. Yeah. We don't know it. Go for, for it. For both yeah. of us, it's setting ourselves up to win. That's it. That's where the reframe comes. How can I set even this day, this hour, this minute, how can I set this time that I get to have on this amazing planet how can I set myself up to win? When we speak with our the members of our mastermind, I'm trying to speak with them with that intent. Like, how can you set up your goals? That goal that you have of, let's say, 20 units this year. How can you set that up that you can win that? It's going to be those small steps that takes you to that even smaller goal. But that small goal, you'll start stacking those. And that's those stacks will take you to that larger goal, but it's setting your goals up, setting those action steps to those goals and setting yourself up to win. That is immeasurably awesome. And in my mind, I don't see winning and failing as any different. They're both, they can both be wins. If you move that step forward, if you use that fail to move forward, if you sit in your failure and you just you're just glum and like gloom and doom and the thing is even if you sit in your win and just congratulate yourself over and over again neither way will you step forward as long as you're moving forward you're winning yeah, yeah so, so good. I, I have to I have to bring this up you guys because there's three things that came to mind while both you guys were speaking individually okay and I'm going to bring them up really quickly because I don't want to spend too much time here, but I'm just relating with these things because I've gone through some stuff where I've learned these uh, things. And I, I'd, I'd be curious to find out where you learned them, but we can, we can talk about that another time. So the first thing that I heard was um, if, you, if you work hard, you'll have an easy life. But if you work easy, 
you're going to have a hard life. And that's by Jocko Wilnick. Um, that's one of his quotes um, that he has. And so, you know, if you go out there and you work really, really hard, then you don't have to work as hard later. So that's one thing that stuck out to me. The other thing, Jason, what you were talking about was um, getting up and going and just doing stuff, right? I think um, 75 hard. Sophie and I have done that. I don't know if you guys have heard that challenge. <laughs> yeah, 75 no, hard. Yeah, that nice. was that was one thing that really was a more of a mental challenge. And I think that instead of setting a challenge outward, like you said, Jason, like saying, I want to run, you know, 400 miles this year, or, you know, in, I want to be able to run an ultra marathon or something like that. Right. But instead doing something that you can control internally directly, right. Through your daily actions day by day, like 75 hard. That's one thing. Um, and then the other thing, last thing I wanted to mention here was a book that uh, Dan Sullivan just came out with. It's called gap in the game. And Peely, what you were talking about was a lot of people think about the gap, which is where they are now and the lack that they have to get to where they want to be, where instead, and that's called the gap in his book, and where people should be thinking and framing goals and where they want to go from is from where they are right now to where they've come from. That's the gain. So if you live in the gain mentality that you're like, I, I can't believe I've done all of this stuff. Like my trajectory here is just incredible. So I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to continue to do what I've done because I'm that same person, maybe even better than that person before. And I'm just going to continue down that trajectory. So I think what you guys have said was beautiful. And I just had to um, complement it with all of those uh, supplemental tools. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I wanted to ask too, um, because, you know, with, with your children, they're watching you and seeing you guys yeah. day in, day out. Um, and I wanted to ask you guys about legacy. What kind of legacy do you want to leave your kids? And what, um, maybe consciously or consciously, are you passing along to them currently? I'm going to actually lean to the side. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to see the, this video, but you could, for the, your listeners, for our podcast. Oh, this man. Was this was a drawing that our daughter did with our son. Uh, they drew this and then our youngest did like a little bit of uh, scribble scrabble as they call it on the bottom, <laughs> but they drew a building, a multifamily building together. We didn't tell them to draw it. They did it on their own. So everything you do, your children are watching you. Everything you say, everything you put into their minds, they're watching you. So when we go to, and we live in Tennessee now where we have multiple, um, multiple of our acquisitions here. We, when we look at the properties or when we go through properties, we take our children and we say, you know what, we own this. And they also, I'm, Jason actually can describe this a little bit better because he actually put our children's money, like our son gave Jason his bank, his like a bunch of money and was like, daddy, I want to invest with you. I want to invest in our buildings. So well, it just simply just explain to them that we're making this a better place to live for people mm -hmm. that are living in a place that that is not as good as it could be. Right. And that, that's basically the simplest message we put out for them is that we're going to make this place a better place to live because not everybody has a great place to live and some have a lot worse place to live than this, but we're going to do our best to make this place better. Yeah. This goes back to leaving it better than how you found it. Yeah. So good. Really great. Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, um, what superpowers would you say that you guys have developed to leverage into what you guys have today? And, and I'll ask that question individually to each of you. So for me, it's just, it's a superpower. I think I've just been building over my life and I, I kind of blame my mom. My entire name is actually P. Aloha. 
So when you said in the beginning, I love to lead with aloha, I realize that it's just me. So my superpower is leading with aloha. If I can't walk into a room, if I can't walk into an interview or talk with someone with all the aloha that I have to give, right? Going back to what we we're just saying about leading it better, leaving people better, leaving places better, leaving everything better than how you found it. That's my superpower. I like to think I leave people better than how I found them. I That's love so that. Good. I would say I'm not good at taking a no if I think there's a yes out there. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So I'm guilty of that many, many times. But I will get. I will find if you're not the person that has the yes, then that's that's okay. If I think there's a yes, then I'm just going to figure out who has it. Right. Love this. So one thing I wanted to ask you too. I know that uh, you guys. We've been talking a lot about growth mindset, and we're getting close towards the end of the show here. But um, we've been talking a lot about growth. But when you invest in real estate and you do business for yourself, there's a lot of up days and there's a lot of down days. So can you guys maybe explain some tough moments that you guys were able to work through um, as you're going through this journey? Yeah. I mean, so you have to imagine you have, you know, 50, hundred, 200 people living in a property, not everything's going to be perfect. Right. So we've had properties um, where there's been uh, underground electrical shorts taking out the power to one of the buildings. We've had a, a sewer line or a, a pump station go down, taking out water to an entire building. Right. We, so things boilers. have happened. Yeah. Boilers that are, that are just, even if you, have the right inspection in place that are just unexpected, right? That are not part of the business plan, but that's just like anything else, right? And so when those things happen, do you have a team in place that can help you make the best decision forward, right? And that, that's the answer. And, and if the team is not ideal when that thing happens, what can you learn from it? So the next time the team's that much better to be prepared to be in the right spot. When it comes to multifamily, it's it's the back end work. It's the, actually it's front end work wrong term, it's the front end work that counts. It's the team that you built, it's the contingencies yep. that you put into place. It's that safety net that you've built around this investment that, you know, hundreds of people are living in your buildings. You know, dozens of people might have invested in you. So you have to make sure and do your due diligence and make sure you have the correct team in place. And like Jason said, you know, stuff happens. And if you didn't create the right team, what do you need to do? And what do you need to do quickly to fix it? Yeah, that's awesome, guys. And um, and just so much wisdom and gold for our listeners out there. I wanted to, this was kind of burning in the back of my mind too. Can you guys walk us through like, you know, just typical day, maybe we kind of give us a sneak peek behind the curtains. Like what does your average day look like? And then what are some non-negotiables for you both, um, for each of you that you just have to have to just get you to your win, your yes, your aloha, perhaps. I think it's the start of the day, right? And so you have to imagine that you're not going to do anything today if you can't beat your mind first, right? So no matter what comes up, it doesn't matter. But if you're not ready for it mentally yourself or prepared, then you're going to be on the wrong foot out of the gate. Um, so typically I, I get up at 4.32 a.m., um, have a glass of water, I coffee, meditate, go work out. Um, Peely gets up shortly after me or, or at that time she gets up 
does uh, some short form part for herself, gets the kids ready. I come back, I take the kiddos. Um, one goes five days a week, the others go three days a week over to their little schools. Peely gets her time for herself and then we dive into our day. And that day is usually set up. Um, we have a pretty good calendar of, uh, of how it is. Time and good team, just how that goes. And um, those days will be dictated, of course, by, by the season. But the start is really, it's a, the start's yeah. where it's at. It's as, and it's the same every single morning. Like you, you both have done 75 hard. We learned from 75 hard and doing the entire year um, that you need to take back your day. And the only way you're going to take back your day is to wake up a little bit earlier, do the hard things and make sure you fill yourself up first, whether it is taking that cold shower, whether it is taking those two workouts a day, I've scaled it back to one and, or just like giving yourself that time for yourself, especially when you have children, your children want your time, desperately want your time. They don't understand that you have to quote, fill your cup. They're like, no mommy, I want milk and I want it now. It doesn't matter what you're doing and being able to approach them again, coming back to the Aloha mentality keeping that mentality, that mentality that I try to give the entire world, whoever comes into contact with me, making sure that I'm doing the same thing for my family, because I need to fill their cups. I need to fill my husband's cup. I need to fill my children's cup. I need to fill my family's cup also. And I want to make sure that I am there for them. And by filling myself up first, and so my cup overfloweth, I'm able to, to do just that. Yeah. Love it, you guys. Really, really great stuff here. And uh, thank you so much for, for sharing all of your wisdom. So as we wrap up the show, because we're coming on about the time where we need to start closing things down, we do have uh, the rapid round, which is five questions that we ask every one of our guests. So we're going to go ahead and ask them to you guys. And each one of you will have an answer unless the question itself is pretty obvious that it's one for you to answer together. Okay. You guys ready? <laughs> You guys, were, you guys were born ready, looks like. <laughs> okay. All right. Number one, what book has had the biggest impact on each of you and why outside of Rich Dad or the Bible? Because we hear that all the time. Well, for me, it was the one thing. Yeah, uh, great. It's the yep. one thing. Mm -hmm. By Gary Keller. I always think it's the last one, right? Mm -hmm. So. I'm not even sure which book I'm reading right now, but it's always the last one. You pick up, pick up, uh, you know, yeah. um, I, I'm reading uh, stock trading, which I don't do, but just on the same front, <laughs> something to learn there, right? So it's always the last one that you can learn the nuggets from and just anything you can go in there is that if you can get one takeaway from that meeting or anything, it's been beneficial. And you had mentioned Jocko Willick. We just read The Warrior Kid. Oh, uh, The Warrior with Kid. Our, with yeah, our with our kids. That was good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, fantastic book. I'd be curious to ask you guys how that goes uh, after the show's over. We can talk about that a little bit more if you have time. All right, number two, if people wanted to emulate your success, each of you, what is the first actionable thing that you think they could do to follow in your footsteps? Don't create your own journey. It's okay to, you know, success leaves clues. And, but the thing is by doing that, you're going to try and compare yourself, your success, your failures, all of it to Jason and I. Just don't. But by all means, follow the clues we've left, follow, follow our successes, follow our failures too. 
But the thing is, always run your life by your own terms. Do not compare. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's you versus you. doesn't matter what we're doing. Mm. Yeah, comparison is such a trap, right? And so if you're looking internally to, to be the best person you can, I think that's amazing. Good pieces of advice, guys. Number three, what small thing do most people not know about you guys? Each of you. I was once in a comic book. No way. Cool. That is super cool. <laughs> Which <laughs> comic book? Yeah. You had one question. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wait till the next podcast. Look up, look up, look up the name Aspen Comics. Okay. Aspen Comics and Michael Turner and Peter Steigerwald. <laughs> Very cool. And Sia Ohm. She's fantastic. Yep. <laughs> uh, I opened a brewery in New York City. First uh, small microbrewery there and uh, named it after my bulldog. But then didn't change the name, but named it after my bulldog. Very cool. It's good stuff. Wow. Number four, how do you guys like to unwind and restore your creative juices individually? Sleep. That counts. <laughs> that totally counts. That counts. That's the best. That's her favorite. Sleep in Hawaii. Going to Hawaii. We haven't been there for a while, so we're yeah. going to go for Christmas. So sleep in Hawaii. That was regular, and so we're getting back on that regular pattern now that we can open it back up. Um, unwind. I've actually been stretching, which I haven't done ever in my life. And that's been a good 10 minutes because uh, I think I'm, I'm coming around to what I need to do to keep moving forward at this pace. That's really great. Um, I know that like Tom Brady, um, he has done a lot. Like that's actually a lot of his routine is stretching because it's all about pliability. And if you think about it, he's got to be at the complete top of his game mentally and physically. And I think he swears by that, right? Like he does yoga a lot and he's really into stretching. That's one of his most important things. Yeah. Yeah. And nutrition. Nice. So excellent. All right. Number five, last question. I think I know the answer to this one, but what is your favorite family vacation spot? <laughs> it's uh, pretty, to me, it seems pretty odd. Yeah, you've been Hawaii. to Disney twice this year. The I kids love Disney. I would right? say vacation though, Disney. Because yeah. Hawaii Disney. is like, it's going to see my family. It's like, I don't count that as a vacation in that kind of <laughs> terms. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's more like it's inevitable. That's where I, I'm from. It's the, it's, yeah. it's the agreement that Jason and I came to when we first got together. Live anywhere as long as we can go to Hawaii once a year. Nice. <laughs> <Very> Twice. <laughs> All right. Very cool, guys. Well, man, it was such a pleasure having you guys on. So I wish wish we could talk a little bit more, but uh, I know that uh, we both, you both have very busy schedules, so I want to make sure that we respect that. But before we go, can you guys tell the listeners a little bit about how they can find out more about you guys, uh, your offerings, what's going on in general? The floor is yours. Yeah, you can go over to yerusiholdings.com, Y-A-R-U-S-I, and it's both uh, Jason at Yerusi Holdings and Pili, P-I-L-I, at yerusiholdings.com. And okay, that's it. I know you got a lot of stuff uh, going on out there. So everyone go out there and check it out. We'll also go ahead and link to it in the show notes. And uh, you can find Peely on Instagram at, at Peely URC too. She there we go. But everything is connected to the website. Yeah. So you go there, you'll yeah. be able to find all of it. Very cool. All right. Well, Jason, Peely, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. It was a blast having you on. You thank are you. very welcome. All right. And you listeners who have gotten all the way to the very end and enjoyed all this incredible content, 
Uh, please, wherever you're listening or watching this, like, subscribe, comment, engage. We want to know more about you and where you are so that we can deliver more incredible content like this uh, in the future uh, with other future guests and for other potential future audience members. So, and also to get ourselves up in the algorithm rankings so we can get exposure to more people organically. So please help us out in that regard. We, we'd really appreciate that. That being said though, this is Derek. And this is Sophie. We are signing off for the day. Thanks everyone. Have a great day. Thanks guys for hopping on.